Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. Alright, um, this is episode 59. Whoa. Yeah. Um, this is the 2018 uh, APF Open Meet New, Recap. New England Championships. New England Championships, thank you. Um, how many lifters were there? 52. 52. Um, so I did not compete at this uh, last meet, but I did uh, have the opportunity to uh, manage the platform. Yes, you we, did a fine job. Thank you. Yes. Um, that was, so now I've You've spotted, loaded, circle. lifted. I've done everything but... Judge and do the door. Yeah, we gotta get you judging. You probably won't ever do the door. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm like you know bump, yeah. bump me up. Um, but it does give you another pre- appreciation for the meat, how yeah. it runs. It gives you appreciation of what Jake does. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that you know while the spotters and loaders obviously do way more work mm-hmm. than I did. When I spotted and loaded, I really didn't have that much. You don't have the final responsibility. No, and you don't really have the stress either because Correct. all you're doing is just you know the most thing most you're going to have to lift is if he says take it, you, you take, take it. it, and that's it. And you're assuming that what the you, you like not your call exactly now and now everything's on you. Yes. You got the final call. You got to make sure the plates are the yep. same way. You got to yell at everybody. Yep. You, you got to point to the guy. screen all you want, but it's your call. Oh yeah, there was a couple times where I get a little jumbled. Yeah, and I'd be like a head one lifter. Yeah, and I'm yelling, you know, mm-hmm. 50, 25, Wrong 10 guy. and they're like, and I'm like, oh shit. All right, it, all right, you guys were right. Um, but I will say. That had that meet had the biggest squat attempt, the biggest successful squat, and the biggest squat attempt I'd ever seen. Physics, yeah. I mean, we've had some higher attempts, we've had some thousand attempts, but we haven't. They didn't make them. Yeah, yeah. Just me personally, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name. He was the Wyndham County Strength was kind of the group that they yeah, were Mike working Burl, with. Mike Burley, he was a great guy. Yeah, that old group from Connecticut was. Yeah, they they had a bunch of teenagers. They had a, they were great people. Yeah, when I saw those uh, young kids lifting, and I just thought about like, man, the, the big kids that I knew in high school. Like how good of a fit that is. Like you mm-hmm. could just tell yeah. that though. Like if I had had that at seventeen, you know what's here mm-hmm. at Dynamax or you know what they're doing down in Connecticut. Well, you're you left, but his one sixty five er put up the uh, his deadlift gave him the best second best total in the country and the second best deadlift in the country. His one sixty five er and it was huge, like a seven oh five deadlift. Whoa, yeah, one sixty five, little bald guy, right? Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Brad Davidson, I think it was. Yep. I uh, started following all those guys on okay. uh, the Graham after that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a great meet. Um, you know, thanks to all the spotters and loaders again. Everybody. It's a thankless job. I'm yep. sure I barked at some people, but it uh, has to be done. Comes with the pressure. That's right. You know, I was I was trying to explain to people that, like, the stress is so – like. You know, you're running around, and you know you might get you might get barked at a bit, you know, by the head judge or by a lifter or by a uh, you know the platform manager or whatever. But this it doesn't leave that second. You know, it's just it's a sec- it's a moment of yeah. instantaneous. It's just you got to get it done. Yeah, it's just like a laboring job. Mm-hmm. You do it, and you you keep moving. Keep moving. There's a lot of chaos. Were there more lady lifters than men lifters? I think I know there were 18 women. Oh, there were. Okay. I don't know if that beats our record or not. 
There were quite a few. I and moving, I can remember having two women. Moving some, yeah, and that was probably that was like a novelty. novelty. It was a novelty. Yeah, now it's just they get their own flight. Yeah. Um, what was the woman's name? Who was the uh, the crazy bencher? Uh, Karen Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's benched five hundred one. That is incredible. Um, it's it's really awesome. You know, you sometimes you forget that for these APF meets, people, you know, really. You know, Really high level athletes travel to come to these meets, yeah, uh, so that they can qualify for mm-hmm. the next yeah. big one or whatever it may be. Um, well, she's making a big switch from the WADBL or whatever it is. Oh, so we'll probably see more of her. We're going to see more. They got a whole crew, so hopefully the whole crew is coming. Yeah, the WABDL is caboose, right? Well, no, but they're not just not going to do it anymore. I don't, I don't know why. But right, they're not doing it. Are they not doing it in Portland, or they're not? He's not doing, not it doing it. Al, her coach, Al Stark, Stork. Yeah. The big tall guy. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing it anymore. Okay. That's what he told me. Gotcha. Um, you know, it is funny. So, you know, I would consider, you know, everyone there, you know, tremendous athletes all around. But it's something that really stood out from with her and then with also the guy who was squatting in the nines. Mm-hmm. You know, after we we took the weight, you know, they, they had some failed attempts. We took mm-hmm. the weight. Hey, are you okay? And they turn around and go, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And it, it's not like a lot of times like people are pissed yeah, and whatever. you know st- you know stomping away and blaming you or Full whatever. So it, it's for the lifters out there, you know, for the lifters that did thank the spotters, you know, we appreciate it. And for the lifters that didn't, uh, you know, think about that next time. Yeah, um, it means a lot. And uh, that Mike came over, and sat with me for a while after. He's a good guy. Yeah. Did he hurt his? Uh, he, blew he said his... he pulled a little something in his leg. Yeah. So well, I, I he saw... didn't want to take any more chances. Yeah, I saw on Instagram that he said that he uh, either blew a IT band, I think IT band, or his quad, or pulled it a little. So yeah. he was just he was just being careful. Yeah. I think he's okay. Well, I mean, his I can't, one of the attempts was almost disaster. The nine oh three. Yeah. Well, I think about it. It was probably he the came, last he came one backwards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You guys did a great job. Yeah, well, you figure uh, seven people spotting. You can handle that. Yeah. So the only, you know, just just for me to, to geek out here for a moment and to uh, kind of, the only mishap that I saw spotting and loading didn't happen during any lifting, which is good. Mm-hmm. And it happened during the breakdown of the squat rack. Mm-hmm. And I was the victim of this, so this, real, this is going to stick out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, let me just do this, double check this math. That's 2.2 times 4. So, at one point, when we were, you know, we were in the rush to break down the mono, and the last squat was friggin' 410 kilos, 903 pounds, mm-hmm. so we're taking that off the bar, and people are stripping it like madmen, mm-hmm. and at one point, and I'm standing in the middle, just to, you know, holding it. to holding it, and I almost got taken for a ride, because somebody took one green, somebody left a bare, you know, no plates on one side, and two greens on Ooh, the other. okay. So... Real quick, you know, basic, simple math. That's about 400 foot-pounds of torque instantaneously applied to the other end. With zero. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, 200 feet or 200 pounds times... 420. Exactly. So that's a... Uh, just just be aware yeah. of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people get a little lazy load, lazy mm-hmm. unloading, you know. Pay attention. Now pay attention because if someone's on the other end of that, that could be... Uh, yeah. You, you could really mess somebody up. It would have hurt somebody. So... Um, again, this is a great meet. Thanks for putting it on. Um, I can't do it without you guys. Sorry that um, we had a little mishap with the, uh, the movers. On the movers. Yeah. Um, no thanks to them. Uh, they, they're not going to get shouts shout, shout no. out on the podcast. Um, so, but we have a lifter here. Yeah, who is it? And it's our good buddy Tyler. Yes. Tyler Esquire. 
Tyler Luzon Esquire. Luzon. I do. I did not. I knew I would not pronounce that correctly. So it's thank actually Luzon. Luzon Esquire. Yeah. Luzon. Attorney at law. Yeah, Esquire is the important part. Yeah, the Esquire. That's the part you've been working on. Um, so two reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast. Um, one, you just competed in the meet. You did very well. First meet. Was that your first meet? Uh, first APF meet. First APF meet. You got real estate on the board. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, yeah I've done is. quite a few meets trying to get some real estate on that board, and I, I can't do it. So, congratulations on pretty much taking over the 181. Nearly everything but the total, right? Yeah, everything but the total. How did you... It's kind of interesting that... I think there were some old records that got erased. Uh, there was a bench, and someone left. I don't know the whole story. But okay. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, how did you get it all without the total? But, but I broke the squat and the deadlift. Yeah. The old squat was 407, and the old deadlift was uh, 456. So what did you get? I got 435 on the squat and 460. Yeah, put this right up there, just right towards the end. You got a 462 on the deadlift. Nice. Very nice. So, and you were back in the gym uh, pretty much right afterwards, right? Yep. So one of the things that I kind of, you know, there's been a bunch of interviews where... Uh, you know, we're kind of shooting the shit before the interview, and that mm-hmm. almost ends up being better than the interview itself. So I, I cut I cut us off from talking about this out there. But I'm just curious. Is you, you mentioned you weren't sore after the meet. Were you nervous going into the meet? I was a little nervous because I'd done a big water cut before the meet. Really? Yeah. So I was in the sun. I had been drinking two gallons of water a day for about a week out, and then depleting that, and then in the sauna on weigh-in day for a total of three hours. Damn. In like. 10 minute on, 5 minute off shifts. That on the Thursday? On Friday. Friday, Before okay. the evening weigh-in. Oh, yeah, okay. So, I just made weight at the evening and then tried to replenish, but I had never done that before, so going into the meet, I was a little bit nervous. Yeah, how'd you feel? I ended up feeling all right on meet day. Wow. I had two dinners, drank a lot, <laughs> and uh, I felt pretty good. Good. So, what did you cut down from? My walking around weight's like 190, 195. And you were able to get down to 181. How long did you do? It was a one-week water cut? Yeah. It was a one-week water cut, but most of it came off in the sauna. Yeah. That was the biggest difference. You know, it's funny. I sat in the sauna before my test up in Orono last weekend. I used to love going to the sauna. You had a weight limit on your test? Yeah, I got to weigh in. <laughs> you tested at 181. I tested it at 181, but I walk around at 188. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no, I was just... I, I got to uh, visit my old stomping grounds. Oh, okay. Uh, which is the you know the UMaine Rec Center, um, but I went. I used to you know I would always you know I'd work out, I'd get my protein drink, and I'd go sit in the sauna, I'd drink the protein drink in the sauna. I'd stay in there for like a half an hour every time I worked out. I was in there for like five minutes and I was hallucinating. Like I, <laughs> yeah. it's funny how you have like a tolerance for that. That you didn't have that issue, or you were just so. I mean, it wasn't consecutive. It was 15 minutes for the first bout, and yeah. then I was out for five minutes, and then I only went in for 10-minute bouts. Is that like an electric, like an infrared sauna, or is it the one where you can, like, scoop water onto the rocks and it steams up? It's a rock sauna it where is. you can put a little steam on. I didn't add much, but... Where is it at? Uh, Saco Sport and oh, Fitness yeah. in Oh, yeah. That's a good place. So some members were throwing water on because they were just... You know, Trying to get normal the steam. Workout. Right. But... So... Talk, just trying to get a little bit of an understanding of your uh, training leading up to this. What was kind of your typical breakdown? Were you follow? Did you have a coach? Were you following a um, you know, like a name brand program, like uh, Juggernaut or something like that, or kind of what, what were you doing? So I've been doing coaching through online, uh, starting strength online coaching. Okay. And uh, it's a it's a good service. I'd recommend it. You record your lifts. They get breakdowns. They tell you like what you got to work on. Mm-hmm. 
like keeping your knees out on your squat or whatever's lacking and they give you customized programming based on you mm -hmm. so I've been doing that for a good six months now yep. and I told the coach like hey I'm gonna do a meet so we started some meet prep which uh, was consistent with my general training which is three days a week um, hitting squat bench press and deadlift or squat overhead press and deadlift every time and uh, we started to work in some heavy singles mm -hmm. and a little bit of chains on squat and bench to get used to a little bit of overload without too much So you're doing volume. the chains with the heavier work? Kind yeah. Of like max effort? Right. Yeah, kind of like that. To uh, handle some heavier weights but not get as taxed by them. So, you know, I, I kind of, I always find this interesting, but what was the, the heaviest squat you hit before your PR in the, at the meet? So I had squatted 430 a couple months back. Yep. And... In the training, I had squatted 440 with chains at the top. So it was 50 pounds of chains at the bottom. was about 390. Sure. 390 but, uh, bar weight? Yeah. yeah okay. 390 bar weight, 50 pounds of chains. Mm -hmm. 440. So you, um, if I recall correctly, you've had some shoulder issues. Yeah. And you use the, the buffalo bar quite frequently. Yeah, it's my elbow. Oh, it's your elbow. Okay. Yeah. Um, How were you able to work through those or that those issues? Because that is a pain in the butt, and when the I don't know, for to me that that nagging elbow can be the, one of the worst things. Yeah, so that was a real pain. But um, using the buffalo bar really just took the pressure off it, mm -hmm. and I think it was just some tendonitis. So yep. basically, deloading it allowed it to get rid of the inflammation and heal time. up. Yeah, so I can use a straight bar. It still bugs it a little, but. Just doing three squat attempts wasn't that bad. So you think your elbow was bugging you more from squats than uh, bench? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Never, no pain ever with the bench. On the I'll, on the I'll elbow, I'll feel it a little bit on the bench, right. but I I know it. It feels like it's being aggravated as opposed to like it's what did it. Being torn up when yeah. you're like wrenching yourself under there. It mostly just slows my bench down. My descent yeah. is wicked slow. Because you're just like, oh no. I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to, but yeah. it just doesn't want to go fast, especially the first rep. Did you do any, like, um, you know, massage therapy, uh, PT, or anything for the elbow? Not specifically. I get a massage once a month, and I'll, yeah. t I'll tell them, you know, my elbow's a little bit sore, maybe hit the tricep, but... Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my knee, the tops of my knees, like, if, you know, if you were to point your knee right there... Has been killing me lately. Be careful. That's your quadricep tendon. Make sure they're not inflamed. Yeah. What? It's you a, keeping your knees out? Uh, I've been trying to. Okay. I'm, uh, that's what that is. Is it caving? No. I don't know what's causing it, but that's what that. That's a, your, your quadricep tendon right there. Yeah, because it's really... The other day, I did like... Uh, I put like uh, the lacrosse ball kind of mm -hmm. on the top of my knee. And yeah. Just really put some pressure on it for a tender? while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and then when I took it off, I felt like blood rushing to my feet. Could be. I mean, I think that I'm just. I think I'm a little bound up. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to. So this is. I'm curious about your guys' input on this. I'm. I'm wondering if you've seen this yet. Um, so you know about uh, Chad Wilsey Smith, the Juggernaut uh, programming. Yeah. He just released an AI programming, online artificial intelligence oh. powerlifting coaching. Have yeah. you heard that? Heard of that? I haven't heard of it, but. I, and they've been working on it for quite some time, from what I can understand. Um. I mean, what you were doing is, like, through, uh, there's a dude on the other side of the computer, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I have phone calls with him once a month. Like, oh, really? Like, actual person I kind of know. Yeah. Through this. 
Yeah, this is the uh, the start of Skynet taking over. I can see it. <laughs> if you break it all down to volume and intensity and right. total work. And yeah. What, and then it gets fed into a program, you mean? Uh, I, computer assume that's and I, I would assume so, too. But, I mean, um, it's like, probably, how is that any different than an Excel spreadsheet? Like, there's got to be some level of... It's probably smarter than some of the trainers out there. <laughs> anyway, so... I mean, there's got to, like, the biggest thing about having a, a human coach is that, and especially in, in person human coaches, you can walk in, you can kind of tell if somebody's having a bad day, you can tell if someone's just gassed, you know, you can't necessarily tell by what somebody's five rep max was, you know, how much water they've drank or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. It's probably more numbers based. I don't know. Yeah. I'm really curious to, I'm going to dig into it a little bit more, um, just because I just find it fascinating that they can, uh, you know, um, <laughs> do that you know that they that we've reached because it's clearly not just you know here's your 531 template yeah, yeah. stick your numbers in and call it a you know put a robot avatar face on it and call it ah, a day right um yeah so I'll be uh I wasn't sure if you guys had I ended up heard that I'll, I'll, I'll send you some stuff on it um so part of the other reason I wanted to get you into the gym is that you are kind of one, in my opinion, one of the quintessential Dynamax members. You're here all the time. You help you help with all the meets when you can. You, you help with the Christmas meet. You, you do all that. And a lot of people are like, fuck, what's his name? What's, what's his name? What, what is the guy that bent the, uh, the hook on the squat rack's name? Should you clear the air with that just so that people know what really happened? Because there's like, you know, did he pass out? Was he hanging off the you top? Balance, didn't you? Yeah, I I was overhead pressing and the bar got a little bit forward of where it should be and it just dropped. Mm -hmm. Oh, like it, it got up. out in front of you? Yeah, so like it was you know past that base of support mm -hmm. and it just came down and uh, it nicked the uh, J hook. Yeah, that <laughs> that that caused some pandemonium in here. People were <laughs> up in arms, man. Um, but so just just in general, how did you get into? Uh, I know that you know we've got a, a mutual friend, John Jansen. Um, you know him back from, from high school. High school, yeah. And you used to do. I know you guys used to do jujitsu together. What was your athletic background kind of before then, or was that the beginning? Or that was pretty much the beginning for me. I was never an athletic kid. Yep. Did karate for ever, mm -hmm. and a little bit of jujitsu with John, and uh, that was pretty much it until college i tried the woodsman's team for a while lumberjack sports yep that was a lot of fun but yeah i know a lot of i know a bunch of my buddies did that yeah Man, that's a blast to watch that's yeah. an awesome spectator sport yeah it was a lot of fun like axe just, throwing and oh, all God. that stuff you know when you i just i get like watching them my feet get i get nervous about my own feet just whacking your toes with an axe <coughs> jesus well they have uh we had metal boots that would go over your boot just in case yeah yeah a shield. Right. And is that something that's specific for that kind of niche sport? I wouldn't be surprised if the coach had made it himself. He was a oh, handy really? guy. And oh, gotcha. It's it not like something like that's used by they might. lumberjacks or yeah. whatever. So how did you get into actually lifting weights? Um, senior year of college, I just decided to be healthier. I didn't really do much except study and eat. Yeah. And so I just went to the gym, started by running, uh, my dad's girlfriend actually asked if I was lifting at all, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should do that. So looked up online how to lift and tried to teach myself and just went at it. Where did you go to school? I went to Colby College. Okay. Up in Waterville. So did that, I mean, that's kind of, uh, that's a, I tread lightly when I say this. Is that a liberal arts, that's kind of a liberal arts college, right? 
Yeah. So did they have like a nice facility? Nice facilities or? Yeah, they had a really nice facilities. Yeah, they built that big, beautiful new, like a ice arena with everything, right? Yeah. 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 They got. So um, I'm pretty sure we're the same age. You probably graduated like 2013, right? Yeah, I'm 28. Yeah, 27. Um, so you started lifting weights yep. in about that would be like you know 2013. How did you end up at Dynamax? Uh, I had been training at Soccer Sport yep. with a friend, and he moved to Portland. And that was kind of out of his way, so we were looking for gyms in the area. Is that Matt? Yeah, Matt. Oh, I was going to say Matt Rich. Yep. yep. Yeah. So he he, he was moving it. out here. He did. He lifted the meat. Did well. Yeah. So we're looking around and. We found gold, and that was awful. <laughs> and then we found this place. We had heard about it from a couple people and came in, liked it quite a bit. We both signed up. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to uh, school down the road in Portland. So Law was, school. Yeah, law school. So that was pretty close for me. Yeah. And uh, So had you, had you started law school at that point then? Yeah, I think so. Wait, so now this kind of leads into my next question. Was your undergrad pre-law? No, I double majored in classics and philosophy. Jesus. He's, he's analyzing you right now. I know. God, I'm, I just got nervous. Mm-hmm. Well, philosophy, I had a philosophy class, um, the me- methods of reasoning. And I, I, God, that was a brutal, brutal. My brain just doesn't work that way. But it was, uh, it was all about like fallacies and stuff. So it was like all cats are animals, not all animals are cats. The blue cat is blue, but not all cats are blue. Uh, you know, it's like I, yeah. That's what. That's all I retained. <laughs> My philosophy. Uh, why? Why law? Because I think when you are a little kid and you talk about the smartest people, it's doctors and lawyers. And you th- think about the hardest schooling that you got to go through, it's doctors and lawyers. So why engineering? Did, engineering's up there, um, but I would. I mean. I, I, I'm a you know practicing engineer, hopefully soon to be licensed with five years of education. You had to do an extra how much after your undergrad? At least three college, years, right? Yeah, it was three more years. Um, the the short answer is my mom told me to. <laughs> oh man! I was uh, out of college and I didn't know what to do, and was just kind of trying to figure all that out. I was thinking about becoming a personal trainer, but that didn't really fit my personality, sure. my education, what I'm interested in. I mean, I love lifting, mm-hmm. but it wasn't quite a fit. My mom's like, hey, I know a judge. I've told him about you. He says you'd be good at law school. You should apply to law school. So I did. So now when you're in, you know, I find, I just, you know, I kind of find like those old school, you know, we were talking yesterday, we kind of have old school professions, you know, nowadays less and less people want to have these traditional you know, you need a four-year or an eight-year education job. They just don't want, they're just not interested. Um, when you're in law school, do you know which direction you're going to go, whether it's going to be real estate or patent attorney or divorce or whatever, or is it just like, here is the, this is law? It depends on the person. Okay. So there's definitely a lot of this is law. Your first year at most call most law schools, including UMaine, is all determined for you. You take the same classes as everybody else. You're in the same room as everybody else, mm-hmm. and it's just who can do the best at these subjects. Right. Property, criminal law, torts, which is like personal injury, uh, civil procedure, legal writing, all those kind Ooh, of classes. Legal writing must be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
that's how you start, and then your second and third year, you get to pick a bit more for yourself. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of similar to engineering. You know, you, you get your basic calculus out of the way, and then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, do I like machining? Do I like uh, HVAC? Do I like robotics? Whatever it may be. Um, so what is it that you, so you've been a lawyer for like a whopping seven days now, legally, right? You were sworn in? I was sworn in on the 12th, today's the 1st of November, so yep. yeah, about three weeks. Three I've weeks. I've been a lawyer and I've been practicing for three days. Started Monday. <laughs> Tons of experience. I have his card if you need it. Okay. Um, so where, where are you doing, can you talk about that yeah. or? Yeah, um, I'm working at the Maine Community Law Center. It's on 75 Pearl Street. In Portland and what they are is it's called a legal incubator it's a relatively new idea it's essentially a law firm that provides low-cost legal services to people that make too much to qualify for the free legal services like pine tree provides yeah and they offer their services on a sliding scale based on income and other factors mm -hmm. and it provides new attorneys with a little bit of mentorship and an ability to provide legal services to those in those groups and grow as an attorney where a lot of firms are not hiring in the volumes they used to hire. And essentially there's too many new attorneys to all be associates. Right. And some people want to open their own firms. So this gives you training if you are interested in that path of opening your own firm or working at a small firm and bridging what they call the justice gap, which is between the free legal services and the $300 an hour that not everyone can afford. Right. That's a great concept. I didn't know that's what you were doing. Yeah. Good for you. It's the first one in Maine, to my understanding. Good. And I think there's about 50 throughout the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Personal question in getting hired. Are there any issues with you having tattoos? Because I've been in job, I've been on the other side of job interviews, like interviewing someone with my company. Guy did great, and they canned him because he had his ears pierced. I was fortunate. Um, he, he sat that like this. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't really come up, but uh, I'm probably going to get a couple removed. But, really? Yeah. I don't really like them anymore. I wish I'd waited. <laughs> well, That's some advice. <laughs> yeah. Def I, I tell everyone that I see that's talking about, oh, I might get a tattoo. And I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of everyone that I usually talk to with tattoos. Yeah. You know, I'm usually fired up about it. You have any tattoos? No. Yeah, I, mean, I got nothing. Um. So what's 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 the um? Well, still on the lawyer side of things. What's what's the uh, what's the goal? What's your? Do you have an end goal? Do you have any short term goal? Like in five years, I want to be associate or something, or or principal or whatever it may be. So I know you've been only doing this for three <laughs> days, so <laughs> I may be redigging a bit. But my goal is to just become a better lawyer and to help people. I want to awesome. learn the practice. Really excited about being able to help people here because mm -hmm. it's an underserved community for sure. Uh, I mean, in Dynamax? <laughs> or in Maine? In Maine. Okay. And no, the, those low income. <laughs> 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 but I just, I want to learn the field and I'm thinking about opening up my own small practice at some point. Cool. So this is a two-year fellowship, so I'm going to run that out and then see where I am after that. Sure. After the two years, will they will you have like the you know depending on how you do the option to you know have renew your contract or something like that? I, I, the goal of the incubator is to cycle people in and out. Oh, so, so right. They look for new people every year. So I think they have a small board of local attorneys, but they're more established. Mm -hmm. So that probably wouldn't be an option. 
but that'll force me to go out and do something new, which I like. Right. Yeah. Well, so you know, you got two years to be a sponge. Yeah. Make as many mistakes as possible. Learn from those mistakes. Uh, I say that because don't you don't want to make mistakes, but that's how you learn. You know, every think it back on before your four and a half years of engineering. The stuff that really sticks are my big screw ups, and that is also kind of it. it kind of, you know, the weird thing about a like you're you're not you don't have a job anymore. You have a career, and the weird thing about a career, you know, they used to. Back when I was working, my job was to pick lobster meat. You know, my parents would say, "Don't take it home with you. It's just a job." You yeah. know, don't. You know, if you and Billy got in an argument, you know, don't take it home with you. When you have a career, you're going to be waking up at 11:30 thinking, "Oh, Apple versus Macintosh, 1992. Like that's what I can use for this case or whatever." You know, like that, and you, you, it's just starting for you. So it, that's like a really cool thing that, you know, you're going through a big change. It's almost like a second puberty almost and <laughs> because like this is what you're going to be doing for the, you've put you, you've done the school you went to college got your undergrad you figured out that what you wanted to do after that you went to law school you passed that you passed the bar and now this is what you're going to be doing you know you, you hit that goal so now it's like you should be bringing it home with you it, it, it does really become an extension of who you are and You'll be, you know, I'll be rambling some engineering crap off to people who don't care in here, and you'll be rambling some law stuff off to people who don't care, and, you know, that's this is what we do. Um, no, yeah. I find it fascinating, though. I don't think I know any lawyers. Now you do. I, I always joked that the last thing I wanted to do was get an email with someone with Esquire yeah. in their name. <laughs> um, but you can email me. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too uh, upset with that. Yeah, but I love it, and I've, I've been super fortunate. It's something that fascinates me I love the legal process the mm-hmm. common law everything about it like my girlfriend and I were talking what we should do I'm like why don't we print out some cases and read them and talk about them like is she a lawyer also yeah yeah she passed too so we're we're both lawyers did you guys pass at the same time yep took okay. it the same day wow so where where is she work she's still looking around but uh they couldn't incubate her as well no nah, she didn't apply for that okay but she's thinking she probably better <laughs> eh, you know yeah yeah. yeah, some people could do that. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. But she's done a lot of volunteering around and that's awesome. I mean, the community. Yeah, there is, you know, a lot of people go to school for law or to be a doctor or for engineering because they see the dollar signs. But what makes them good is you know you care about it. You're passionate. Clearly, I can tell. So I'm sure you're going to be a great lawyer. I'm looking forward to seeing how that proceeds. Uh, but back to why, you know, what everyone's listening for, and that's the meathead shit. Um, what's next powerlifting? What's your next meet? Are you going to get right up, do the May one? Or uh, what are you thinking? Uh, for now, I just want to train. Yeah. Um, want to get stronger. feel like I can take the total or um, maybe take one of the 198 records yep. if I decide to go up. You will. Those are pretty big right now for me, so probably be a little while. It just takes but time. I like training. Some people like need to do meets to exactly. motivate them. Mm-hmm. I've trained for like six years and done two meets. Right. It's not the biggest push for me. Just improving is. Mm-hmm. Are you going to switch up your training drastically? You know, I always, I always feel like by the end, you know, you do a meet, you go through a 12, 16, 20 week training cycle, whatever it may be. I'm usually dying to do something different afterwards. Are you going to be? Are you kind of winging it right now? You're back on a specific program. What are you doing? I'm still the same coach. Okay. But um. I also don't need variety. I can do the same thing every day, it doesn't all the time, as long as it's working. Yep. So I'm 
I'm the kind of person that doesn't want to change unless I need to. That's just me. So we're gonna have to increase my upper body volume because my bench is a little bit stalled. Yep. So we got to rework some stuff there. I might a lot of back, a lot of yeah. back, and you know, one of the things working with Ryan that I realized is that you can ha- you, your body can just handle a lot of bench volume where it can't handle a lot of squat vo- or not as much squat volume. So yeah. it's like you can almost always do another set. Yeah. Instead of ten, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. So um, I got to start hitting that. Maybe add an extra day just for upper body stuff. Yeah. But. Yeah. No. And that's you know, it's it's funny that a lot of powerlifters are in that situation where like we love training our lower body, yeah. love legs and legs and glutes and hams and all that, but sometimes the upper body is like, man, it's you know, <laughs> it's bench and bench, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned that you know you were, you had been actually overhead pressing for before you ever um, benched, right? Well, no, I had benched. I had benched for uh, three years or so, mm-hmm. maybe four. But it was just starting to bug my shoulders. I was at a gym that didn't have great benches, and not having that right size pad, the right material, not being able to dig your scaps in, that was just beating them up. Right. So I took two years off from benching and just overhead pressed, and. That was a lot of fun for me. I enjoy it. I was mm-hmm. able to improve it quite a bit. Went from about 140 to 180. So That's awesome. Which is not a lot, but for overhead press, it's okay. Yeah, that's your body. That's what you competed at. That's, I think that, that's impre- if you can press your body weight, that, that's pretty damn good. Um, so speaking of the, the low uh, or, you know, not suitable powerlifting equipment. So this past weekend when I was up in Orono, I had a chance to revisit my old... My where it all began for me in the Humane Rec Center. Mm-hmm. Um, I never lifted at all before I started going there, um, and it kind of turned me into the meathead I am today. But so going back there was it was awesome to you know they got hammer strength everything they got all the plates match they yeah. got you know six benches incline decline you know mat every you know it, it's a commercial gym it's a ten million dollar commercial gym but. That does not mean that it is the optimal place to power lift because those benches yeah. suck. Too low, I bet. They're way too low. Yeah, they're way too skinny. And, yeah. like, I felt like, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was doing the kind of the, what do, we, what do you call it when I slide myself back? Torpedo. It was torpedoing. I could, like, torpedo myself off the bench yeah. if I wanted yeah. to. It was that slippery. It's like an oil slick. Exactly. And, God, my hamstring, you know, you're trying to get tight, but because it's so much lower, you get your feet a little bit farther back, and my hamstring cramped up, and I had to, like, stick my leg out. Oh, yeah. sorry. Stick my leg out like that. Oh, man. Yeah, they don't consult anybody when they set those up. Yeah. No, they, they look at square footage. And salespeople. Right. It was cool. You know, I know that they have, I mean, I know that they have a, um, a they call it a power building team. It's a bunch of guys that like to lift heavy. Ryan Vale is mm-hmm. a, uh, still lifts there quite a yeah. bit. I know that they've got, you know, they got bumper plates there, which mm-hmm. they never had. Overhead and, stuff. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're almost like kind of four years behind where they should have been because when I was there, um, this is when CrossFit first started, got really popular yeah. and, uh, you know, everyone wanted to dump there. You know, everyone wanted to clean and throw. Throw it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I saw a bit of that. Um, but it's just funny to be, uh, it makes you appreciate, you know, because I'm like, oh, this place is, they got a pool and they got a. It's supposed to be great with the cost, but then you get there, it's not what you need. Exactly. It's like, the, the, you know, it's, um, you know, I, like driving up and just thinking about, oh man, it's going to be so awesome. And I'm like, ah, you're going to use the pec deck. Yeah. I heard <laughs> a lot of people saying how great it is. It's funny to hear you say it. Well, it doesn't live up to what you need. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is a great gym. Right. Absolutely great gym. But when you, 
are competing or you're doing something that's as niche as we are, sure. you want the niche equipment. Yep. Um, so, um, we are, I just want to give a quick shout out to our dear friend, Mark Ironfield. Yes. And Scott, and Scott. Blanchard, who yeah. are competing this weekend. Where are they competing? Concord, New Hampshire. And um, do, you, do you know where it is? What time? Or? It's at One to One Fitness. One to One Fitness. Concord, New Hampshire. Concord, New Hampshire. Um, I mean, both of those guys are probably looking around like a 900 squat. Not this meet. Not this meet? No, okay. No, they're both looking just to get back. Okay. Um, either way, watching those guys move weight around is quite the treat. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend, you want to support the culture, you know, you, you didn't get enough of powerlifting last weekend, want to get some more of it, head on down to Concord, head over to One to One. Uh, you know, throw them a bone. Watch the uh, help. You know, help Mark and Scott out. They would love that. I'm sure. I know you guys are thinking. Of, you got some of your guys thinking about going I down. Think so yeah. Um, so that's awesome. That's what powerlifting's all about. So Tyler, um, for the last question, <laughs> I always ask people. Uh, you know, what's something that uh, you wish everybody knew? How about specific to law? <laughs> like, as far as just the general, you know, non-criminal. <laughs> um, just what's something that you wish more people were aware of? I wish more people were aware of how the common law works, the way that our law develops. Mm -hmm. I don't think most people have any concept of that. Uh, I assume most people think that, you know, legislature just passes a law, and those are the laws we have. But it's so much more intricate than that, because... The legislature might pass a law, but then a judge has to apply that law. Mm -hmm. And when he or she does that, he has to interpret ambiguities, and a whole new law develops out of that. And we've had laws like murder that have just come from centuries and centuries of time mm -hmm. that develop into what we get today. And that could be different in 20 years. And it part of what drew it to me to law is that law is philosophy in regulating human conduct. Right. It's applied, a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Interesting connection. It's a it's a conversation throughout history of thought about what should be the law. Mm -hmm. It's not just handed down at one instant, but it's growing always. And that's different than a lot of code societies like I, I think France. But our system's very unique. I had no idea and about that. I, you know, as stupid as this sounds, I would have figured that like you know, a law's a law and that's it. You know, you kill somebody, you go to jail forever, and <laughs> it doesn't change. Or if you drink and drive, and they catch you, and you're above the legal limit, you lose your license, and like, boom, that's it. Written down, they found it in a barrel, and they, you know, blew off the dust, and this is we call this the law. Sure, and you can look at the uh, the driving um, chapter in the main laws and in, for example it talks about you can't operate while intoxicated mm -hmm. but and they define what operate is right but there's still a question if you're passed out in your car drunk and the engine's on are you operating and a judge has to decide that they did that three years ago and that was a that was like one of our assignments was this case is happening pretend you're a judge look at all these cases and apply the law that was from a case from three years ago yeah 
man, I know someone. I know, I know them, that happened to them about three years ago. There's always new factual <laughs> situations that are occurring that make us question exactly what does the law mean in this circumstance? Right. How does that change our conception of it? And I think that gives you an appreciation for a lot when you get a grasp of that. That's very interesting. I mean, that's, you know, when you talk to someone who's passionate about it and is becoming an expert in the field, that's the stuff you get to learn. So, Tyler, I appreciate you coming on here. Thanks for having me. It was yeah. great. Um, great meet. Yeah, seriously. Congratulations. Um, hope to see you on the platform. Hope to share the platform with you in the near future. Um, and just uh, for the ladies listening, just a quick, quick reminder. Start, you know, marking off mid-early March for the women's meet. I'd say second weekend in March. Second weekend in watch because we have limited... That is the most popular yeah. meet that you throw. Yeah. It fills up in like a day. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested, you know, stay, stay, uh, check the vigilant. Facebook. Be yep. vigilant. Be, be very vigilant. And um, Matt, it's been another one. See you in a week or two. Or? It's a week or two, and we're uh, men without issues. We, we always have been. <laughs> All right, good night. Yeah.